series called Mysteries, things that a little odd, a little different. We've looked at dreams. We've looked at does God still speak? Can you hear his still small voice? I've tried to give you scripture, but also add some personal flavor to it. And I'm going to do the same today. Near death experiences. Let's talk about it. Let's see what we can find today about this subject. Y'all all right with me or not? Now, I'm so, you're so much better off than that first crowd because their message was on the Great Tribulation period. Amen. That was rough. But I want you to go home and listen to that message if you can or sometime this week and uh, online because uh, it, it was good. Daniel's 70-week prophecy, and it's very difficult to understand. Hardly anybody ever preaches it, not that I'm great at doing it. But I, I took a good stab at it, as I've done in the past on that, on that topic, and I thought it turned out pretty good. And I think it will be intriguing and make you thank God for your, for your Bible and it just put your trust absolutely in Him and not what some man says. Amen? God is faithful. So anyway, another message, though. Near-death experiences. Roger, I'm going to ask you to push me, buddy. Let's go with it and see what we can find. Now remember, whenever we talk about, it could be dreams, or a still small voice, or like today, near-death experiences. Let's remember some things. Say that with me in the blue. The bottom line is the Word of God. There's a whole movement out there today, the church movement. It's all out there. They'll say anything many times but the Bible. They'll have this experience and that experience. But many times couldn't quote you a Bible verse. They want to talk about their experience, the this, the that. And I believe in a personal testimony. But all our testimonies should lead to Jesus Christ. Every, that's the bottom line. Why are we on this planet? To share the fact that we ain't going to live here forever. And people need to be saved. And Jesus Christ died to seek and to save that which was lost. Amen? But somehow it can get lost with these stories that we tell. Y'all hear me or did I lose you? Bottom line, if you have a story that doesn't line up with the Bible, guess whose story I'm going to believe. I'm going to believe the Bible story and not your story. Y'all hear me, yes or no? I think you'd be wise to do the same thing. Even if it's something might happen in your life that you don't understand or it's even confusing. I get that. But if somehow it's contrary to the Bible, always stick to the Bible, guys. Are you going to be a flake? Are you hearing me? Say, okay, I don't know if you heard me or not. Also, everything and every experience that you have must be sifted through the Word of God. You know, it should be sifted through the Word of God. I'm not saying experiences don't happen. Sure they do. But there are a whole lot of things that happen because you ate something funny, because you watched some crazy something on TV, or because you had an experience that was traumatic in your life. How many ever had that happen? You just had some traumatic stuff and some crazy stuff started floating around in your head. Amen. Say, and I have too. So keep that in mind. Now, there's a, a stern warning as I talk about mysteries and various subjects like we do, there's a stern warning, and it's scriptural, and it's in the scriptures. And here it is. God's word is unmistakably clear when it comes to say that word. One more time. There is a warning to pretenders to have an experience with God. You need to realize that, and a lot of people do. They embellish. Can you say that word? They embellish. We are probably Many of us guilty in this room of embellishing stories. Why? Because, I mean, we like us. We want people to listen to us. So, we need to be very, very careful about pretending. 
Yes or no? Pretending something happened when it didn't happen or it could be something else that happened and you're teaching it like the gospel that God did this, I don't know. You better be careful. So, what about near-death experiences in the Bible? I was watching a guy the other day on TV. And I like him. He's solid. He teaches the truth. I have a hard time listening to him, but he does teach the truth, okay? And he's really firm on the Bible, which I like. I like that. Instead of so many are saying everything but the Bible. I like him. But he gave a message. Pretty near the whole message was on near-death experiences are not biblical. They're not in the Bible. And he gave examples how they're not in the Bible. So I'm going to take him to task today. Y'all listening to me or not? Because I think there's, I think that they very well could be in the Bible and are in the Bible. And I, not that I've got an axe to grind, but when you're so dogmatic like that to say they don't happen, when other people have said they've had it happen, but that's okay. They could have had a traumatic experience that made them think it happened. I get that. But what about the Bible? Is there anything remotely close to near-death experiences in the Bible? Yeah, let's go. Y'all ready? Come on. Stephen. Who was Stephen? Stephen was a devout man in the book of Acts. The disciples, the apostles rather, the apostles, after Jesus had been crucified, he's risen again, they have been filled with the Holy Spirit, the church is off and running now. And boy, is it growing, and it's growing, and thousands are being saved, and these jokers are overrun with work. And so they chose special people, chosen of God, filled with the Holy Spirit to become workers alongside of them. Stephen was one of the best that ever were. You hear me or not? You ought to read about him. So here he is, and boy, he could preach. And so here goes Stephen. He's, he's speaking out there. He could also he could speak Hebrew and Greek. When you read the, care, the Scriptures carefully, you'll see that. So he was really one that could really preach out there with this growing church. And he's preaching to unbelievers. He's preaching to people that actually were part of crucifying Christ. Listen to his message, part of it. You stiff-necked and uncircumcised and hardened ears, you always do resist the Holy Ghost as your fathers did so to you. Which of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted? And they've slain them which showed before of the coming of the just one, of whom you have been now the betrayers and murderer of Jesus Christ. You can hear him being strong in his speech. Who have received the law by the disposition of angels? And you haven't kept it. When they heard these things, say it with me. They, this crowd, say it with me. They were cut to the heart. Help me, church. And they what on Stephen? They gnashed on him with their teeth. But he, Stephen, being full of the Holy Ghost, watch the word, looked up steadfastly into heaven. He saw the glory of God. Jesus was standing on the right side of God. And Stephen said in front of all of them, Behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. And they cried out with a loud voice. They stopped their ears. They ran upon him with one accord. They cast him out of the city. They stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet. 
who had been a killer of Christians, whose name was what? Y'all with me so far? Now, and they stoned Stephen, calling upon God, saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. He died. Question, was this a near-death experience? I'm going to tell you something right now. If this won't a near-death experience, this is as close as you get to one. Yes or no? You got people coming on you and charging on you, trying to kill you. Last time I checked, if somebody's trying to kill you, you near death. Yes or no? So, what do we see in this experience? By the way, when they stone somebody, I've been to Holy Land many, many times. Doesn't make me an expert, but when you talk to people who are studying a lot smarter than you are, you can learn something. And these people live there. They're students. They've studied for years. They're professors. They're, that's what they've given their life to. When they stone somebody, they generally would throw them off a hill. They wouldn't stone somebody, generally speaking, and just, there you are, and stone. I'm not saying it wouldn't happen. But generally speaking, they'd take you outside the city somewhere and throw you off and then take big rocks. It ain't little rocks. I'm going to stone you. I'm going to stone you. No. They're big old rocks. They'd pick, and that's all they got over there is rocks. There's plenty of them. And they'd take these big rocks as you're laying there, dead or half dead or three-quarters dead, whatever you are, because you've been beat to death. Then they would finish you off by throwing these stones on you. You understand? So was this a near-death experience? Well, let's just look at it as if it was. What did he see? He saw heaven open up. He saw Jesus. Well, let me ask you a question. Does the Bible say there's a heaven? Yeah. He saw Jesus on the right hand of God. Where is Jesus? According to the Bible, he's on the right hand of God the Father. So he ain't seeing something that's not biblical. He kneeled down in worship and prayer. I think a lot of people when they near death are probably praying. Yes or no? Say. You might not can see that they're praying. People might be somewhat maybe in a coma. You don't know if they ain't praying. You don't know what's going on. I don't have a problem with him kneeling down praying like that. He's being stoned for crying out loud. Just been thrown off a hill probably. Then beat to death. He asked God to forgive him. That was it. Was that a near-death experience? Well, it sounds like it was to me. And everything he said was either real or it was right. Yes or no? Keep that in mind. That's one. Let's look at another one. Now, there's this man they laid the clothes down at his feet. He was a killer of Christians. He was a persecutor of Christians. That's what he did. He was also very religious. You could not get more religious than a man named Saul. And so they laid their clothes down at his feet. He had orders to go to Damascus to haul back more Christians and kill them. He got these orders from the people who were in charge. So he's on his way to do that. Stephen just been killed. He's on the way to get more of them. Y'all listening with me? And Saul, right after the clothes had been laid at his feet. Chapter 8, now you flip the page, chapter 9. And Saul yet breathing out what? Threatenings? He's a killer. Hates Christians. 
and slaughter against two. He's probably, he's probably fit to be tied. His men just did something. Killed this loudmouth Stephen. Laid the clothes at his feet. He is he's, he's ready to go. And this is what happens. So he's, he's breathing out slaughter against the disciples of the Lord. He goes to the high priest. He desires of him letters to go to Damascus and to the synagogues. If he found any of this way or the way, that's the way of Christ. That's what they were called in the early church, people of the way. Jesus said, say it with me, I am the way, truth and the life. No man goes to the Father but by me. How do you get to heaven? Through the way. And it was very clear. So he tried to go get letters. If he found any of the way, whether they were men or women, he'd bring them bound to Jerusalem, unless he killed them. And he got the letter to do it. So he got this letter to go do that. He was approved by the religious leaders of the day. Don't be surprised if religious people don't hurt people. You hear me? The church is still hurting people. The church, I'm talking about the church, the believing church. We might not kill them in America, but we sure we gossip and we assassinate them with our mouth. Yes or no? Amen. That's why that's not allowed here at Fellowship Church. If you're a gossip, if you hurt people with your mouth, you need to find another church. Did you hear me say? Yeah, good. Yeah, praise the Lord. Or stop it. How about that? I'd like you to stay. Stop it. Fall on your face. Repent of it. And, and, and call yourself the dog that you are. For doing it. Excuse my language. Amen? Can you tell I've had people talk about me badly before? It's okay. I can handle it. Amen? We don't want that at church. We can't build something like that, can we? Say. Hate it. But he literally was killing people. And so he's journeying to Damascus. He came near the town. There he is, all close. And there are light. Watch it. Suddenly say it with me. There did what? Shine. Round about him a what? Okay, from heaven. And he what? He fell to the earth. He heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you persecute. It's hard for you to kick against the pricks. That is a sharp, sharp, sharp stick. Something happened to this man. And he what? Trembling and astonished said, Lord, what will you have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, say it with me. Arise, go into the city, and it will be told you what you should do. Now, here's the question. Was this a near-death experience? You might not have ever heard it was. But let's just review it real quick. Here's a man. He's a killer Christian. He's going down a road. Something happens. Boom! He sees a bright light, and all I know is his tail is on the ground. Is he near death? I'm going to give you a little heads up. If you're seeing Jesus in a bright light, you might be near death. You hear me, yes or no? And there is that it's hard for you to kick against the pricks. That can mean a lot of things. It could mean he's on that ground like a dead dog. And that's sort of how I see him. 
I think Jesus absolutely smacked his tail. And he's laying there like a dead dog. Well, what did he see? Let's just review what he saw. He saw what? I've heard of other people seeing lights. He fell on his what? That sounds like biblical to me. You see Jesus, you better hit the turf. Number three, he heard what? Does God still speak? I think he does. And number four, he what? Trembling did what? So, was this a near-death experience? My opinion is, you can't get much closer to death if Jesus smacks your tail down on the road. You understand or not? I certainly don't say that, I don't think that you could say this isn't a near-death experience. What would have happened to him if he hadn't said, Lord, Lord? Would he have been going to a devil's hell? Or since he said, Lord, Lord, what would you have me to do? His whole life changed and he came back a different man with a different mission. Instead of killing Christians, he goes down to Damascus and he is one. He is one of these people of the way. That's funny right there. And I've certainly heard of people having experiences that they call near death that absolutely changes their whole life. You listening to me or not? Not trying to prove it. Not trying to make a hard point here. But it does bother me when somebody says they're not in the Bible. Now here's another one. We're on number three. Y'all ready so far or not? I think I could quit with two, but we're keeping on going. Y'all ready or no? Y'all alive or not? Y'all sleeping on me? Online, I hope you're awake. Here we go. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Now, what happened when Saul, he became a follower, he went to... Uh, he was trained and all that stuff when he went to Damascus. He was taken in, etc. He started learning, etc. His name was changed to what? Paul. He wrote 13 books in your New Testament. This man that was on that road struck down by Jesus. And you don't have hope? Are you kidding me? If God will love and save a man who'd kill Christians, you don't think he can save you? That's a devil's lie. You matter to him. You love him. You follow his feet. I mean, yeah, you follow, you, he loves you, but you love him and fall down at his feet. And say, Lord, don't say your name, say his name. Amen, say. So his name was changed. He becomes a disciple of the Lord, actually an apostle of the Lord. He, he says of himself, I was one born out of due time. He, he flat out says, I saw the Lord, I saw the Lord. So here he is, writing now to churches. He's reaching many, many people for Christ. And now he writes this unusual passage. Paul writing, It's not expedient for me doubtless to glory. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. He doesn't want to tell the story, but God is obviously compelling him to do so that you and I will have a record of the story in the Bible. He speaks in the third person when he tells the story. It's such a trembling story. He doesn't want to be proud. He doesn't want to take any glory for it. He's very careful about telling the story. So if you do have a near-death experience, I think we can really learn something from it. And that is, listen to what Paul did in this story. He never made it about himself. He didn't try to get him a TV show. 
etc. Yes or no? Amen. He didn't try to have tent revivals and collect big offerings. None of that. He didn't even want to talk about it. Okay? So let's see the story. It's third person. He's so scared to even talk about it. I knew a man. The man's him. In Christ about 14 years ago. It happened 14 years ago, he says. Whether in the body, I cannot tell. Whether out of the body, I don't know. God knows. Such an one was caught up to where? To the third heaven. And I knew such a man, third person. You can see he doesn't even want to talk about it. Don't want to mention his name. Whether in the body or out of the body, I can't tell. God knows how that he, third person, talking about himself though, was caught up to what? And I heard unspeakable words, which is not lawful for a man to utter. Such a holiness, such a, an awesome experience that he had. I can't even talk about it. Of such a one, and one will I glory, yet of myself say it with me. I will not glory. But in my what? Infirmities. This experience left him hurt physically. Whatever it was. For though I would desire to glory, I shall not be a what? Say, I will not be a fool. Come on. I will not be a... Be careful about stories that happen to you and the way you tell them. If you're putting yourself out there and you're putting yourself as somebody lifted up, be careful, be careful. Warning, warning. Paul said, don't be a fool. For I will say the truth, the truth. But now I forbear lest any man should do what? Think above me, above that which he sees me to be or that he hears me. Now I could go a lot longer on this passage, but was this a near-death experience? Well, he's either in the body or he's out of body. Maybe it was a dream. Maybe it was a vision. I'm not sure. But it certainly could qualify as a near-death experience. And one of the reasons it could because he was left physically impaired after this. He was left physically impaired. Something physically happened to him. And he prayed for it three times to be healed of it, and it never happened. As you read the Scriptures, you can see this, okay? So, let's, let's talk about it from maybe a near-death experience example here. Let's see. He didn't know if he is dead or alive. That would click off as near-death experience. He was in heaven. Is there a heaven? Three. He heard what? If you have a near-death experience... Or if somebody says they have one, I mean, if they expect, if, if you come back and say, you know, I was called over to have some cheeseburgers and some fries and a root beer, I'm probably going to go, nah, nah. <laughs> I'm just saying, whatever. He heard what? I mean, there's some, there's some stuff in heaven, man. There's, there's 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands, the Bible says in the book of Revelation. There's angels and angelic hosts and beings saying, holy, holy, holy. And you coming back with a burger and fry story? Did I lose you? He gloried in who? And not in his what? Even though... He said it was hard not to. The things I saw, he said, it's hard for me to not want to get me a book deal or go around the country, get me a TV show, rake it in, baby, because this is a great story. 
But he stays what? Humble. And like I said already, he was in physical pain for the rest of his life. Whatever happened to him. And by the way, guys, again, if you see all that, if that ain't a near-death experience, I don't know what one looks like. Yes or no? I'm not trying to convince you. I'm just trying to get you to see. Don't, I just don't like the fact that the Joker was so dogmatic and he said they don't exist. He and I, we should get him here and we'll do a debate together. See what would happen. Amen? He'd probably win. That's what would happen. He's a smart Joker. What's the last one here? I'm going to share one more with you. John, the beloved apostle John. He wrote the Gospel of John. He wrote 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, and he wrote the book of Revelation. If there's anybody that might know a little something about heaven, it'd be John. And he spent time with Jesus. He was the disciple whom Jesus loved. So let's look at it. Here he is. All the other apostles, disciples, have been murdered. They've been killed for their faith. Here is John, the beloved apostle, who instead of being murdered... He is exiled to the Isle of Patmos. This is all biblical, scriptural. I'm not just making stuff up here. Okay? So he is exiled. Why do you think he's... This ain't the Bahamas, okay? He is exiled on an island. We don't know the condition that he's in. We're not told. He could have been beaten. He could have been... Who knows what's happened to him? But he now is banished to this island to die like just a miserable person. Okay? That's what happened to him. So he's on this island. We don't know the condition he's in. He's not there for a holiday. The others have been murdered. This is his punishment. He says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. And I heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet. And I turned to see the voice. Can you imagine being on an island all by yourself, banished, and you start hearing voices? Something's going on with him. It's in the Bible. God gave us this story. I turned to see the voice that spoke with me, and being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. Do you think there were seven golden candlesticks on that island? Probably not. He was seeing something. And in the middle of the seven golden candlesticks, one like unto, say it with me, the who? Son of man. By the way, Jesus' favorite term for himself in the Bible was the Son of Man. This is Jesus. He was clothed with a garment down to the foot and girt about the middle with a golden girdle. He sees him arrayed. He's seeing Jesus. His head and his hairs were white like wool. That's white as snow. His eyes, say this part with me, were a what? Again, if this ain't near death, I don't know what is. His feet were like unto fine brass, as if they had been burned in a furnace. His voice was the sound of many waters. Hello? 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 Well, hold off just a second. Hang on. Tell him I said hello. He had in his right hand Jesus. He's seeing him. Seven stars. 
out of his mouth went a two-edged sword. His countenance, say this part with me, was as the sun that shines in its... You know what that phrase means? He was as bright as the sun shines from 10 to 2. From 10 a.m. to 2. If you want to go blind like today, just go out there and look at the sun. It's about 11.45. You'll be fine. You'll be blind later. That's how bright this light was he saw. And when I saw him, say this with me, I fell at his feet as... Again, if this ain't a near-death experience, it's as close as you can get, and there's the word dead. He laid his right hand on me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that lives and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys to hell and death. So, how y'all do with that story? Pretty convincing, oh, isn't it? And all it is is the Bible. I'm interjecting little things from time to time, but pretty much it's the Bible. Just me as a country fellow reading here. So let's see his experience. He heard whose voice? He saw who? He fell where? I don't have a problem with any of that. You hear me? As far as a biblical view. Y'all listening or not? But boy, have I ever heard some kooky stories that people tell. They're not anywhere close to what I hear have in the Scriptures. That's why I issue a strong warning to you. Amen? Are you listening to me? Sift everything through the Bible. Amen? I got a story to tell you. And it ain't about a man named Jed. Okay? Real story. I was a young pastor here in Inglewood, Florida. I was full of life. Man, I would go like a million miles an hour. You couldn't stop me. And there was a man named Leonard Andrus. He had been the city manager of a large city in Michigan. He was a tall man, big as me. Older, obviously. He was about 70 at the time. I was probably 26, 28. I just remember Mr. Andrus had like a little double chin thing going on. Always wore that blue suit. His wife was Catherine. She had been real sick for years, struggled, some struggle in the mind going on with her. So he had to take care of her. He was there Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. You know the kind of people I'm talking about, don't you? The old church man, smart though, had managed that big city. Sometimes we see old people in Englewood and we don't realize who they are. We don't realize what they've done. We don't realize what they've accomplished in their life. We need to be respectful. Amen or oh me. And sometimes people do get old and they start to struggle and they say things they ought not say. I get that. But this was a good man. 
He liked to sing. Had a pretty decent voice. Sing in the choir. But he was a good man. Well, Mr. Andrus went in for knee surgery. I'm not sure if it was double knee surgery or not. I sort of think it was double knee surgery. He's about 70 years old. This is a literal man. He lived on Marigold Street. Where's that at for you that don't know? Take a left on Minnesota Beach Road. Hang a right on Belvedere. Japanese Gardens. How many knows where that's at? And right in there, you take another little right, and you can get into South Venice back that way. There's a street down there named Marigold. How do I know? Because I went and visited many times. And his sick wife. So, he has his surgery. It did not go well. He was in the hospital for a long time. I can't remember. But, I mean, it, we thought we lost him for sure. No doubt about it. But he finally recovers after some time. He's at home on Marigold. And I go see him probably on a Tuesday. And I go there and knock on the door. It was always dark in his house. You know, I think you sort of get the gist of the picture. Here's a man taking care of a wife. The house is not, it smells. It's not the best kept, but he's doing the best he can do. He's been sick. Who knows what she's been having to go through. So he's back home. And I come in to see him, and he's sitting there in that recliner. Hey, Mr. Andrus, always kind. But something happened to Mr. Andrus. He was not a kook. He was always humble. He never wanted anything for himself. He was as good a guy as you could get. He was gold, as far as I'm concerned. And he looks at me after I talk to him. And he tells me a little bit of a story, which I can't even hardly remember what the story was totally. But all I know is this. He was convinced he had died. He was convinced he had, he, he had, he, he had died and gone to heaven. He wasn't bragging. He was crying. He was crying as he told me. <laughs> he didn't want to come back. But then he said this to me. I need your help. And he had a cassette tape. A cassette tape. Remember the days of cassettes? I'm old, okay? Remember the days in church you could go hear the preacher's sermon on a cassette? You'd buy it for a dollar or something on the way out the door, remember? Well, we had one of those back in the day. He had that cassette tape. And he begged me, begged me, begged me, begged me with tears that I would take this cassette and make copies for his kids. I don't want him to miss heaven. He was so convinced. He, he loved the Lord before. He was a believer in Jesus before. But whatever happened to him, he was convinced more than ever that heaven is real. Heaven is real. And you've you got to help me, Pastor Gary. I can't. They can't miss heaven. And he just begged me to take that tape and make copies. Of course we did. Amen? Here's the point. I changed right after that. Not immediately. Because I was like the preacher that I heard on TV the other night. 
And I'm still that way. If it ain't in the Bible, you, get, you better be telling me something. I'm telling you that lines up in that Bible. I ain't believing you. You hear me? Yes or no? That's just who I am. Not going to change. But I did change somewhat. That guy was not a kook. I believe with all my heart he did see something. What was his motivation? To win his children to Christ. Does that sound biblical? He was weeping, not bragging. Look at me. I went to heaven. I'm a great guy. It humbled him even more than he was humble. Did y'all hear the story? So I'm going to tell you something right now. Do near-death experiences happen? Well, I think they're in the Bible. And I also think that I've known some good people, but especially the man Leonard Andrews. I knew him. 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 He was not a crackpot. You hear me or not? It changed me. Not immediately, but over time, that did something to me. Yes or no? Amen? Near-death experiences. There's a pastor that I greatly admired. Here's another one. Last one, I'm done. I greatly admired him. He was on our radio station. His name was Dr. D. James Kennedy. How many remember Dr. D. James Kennedy? Okay. He died not long ago. He wrote a book which I really like, and I think we have some at the office. I'd be happy to give you copies if I've got them. Why I Believe. And in this book, he recounts a story of a man. And here's the thing. Dr. Kennedy loved the Bible. He believed the Bible. He was not a crackpot preacher at all. I would trust Dr. Kennedy. You hear me? Yes or no? I'm telling you. I just would. Don't worship the man? No. He was Presbyterian too. I mean, different than I am. He taught high church and he was all like this. You know what I'm saying? But he was a good, good, good man. So he writes this in his book. I've heard the testimony of a man who went to hell. Is there a hell? We always hear these experiences about heaven. How about people who go to hell maybe? He described himself as an atheist. He believed in neither soul nor spirit nor angel nor God. When you're dead, he said, you're dead like a dog. One day he planned to crawl in a hole and pull the top over him. He did not believe in heaven or hell or God. Dr. Kennedy writing. But then he did. Hmm. In a very enlightening way. He what? I guarantee it, if you're listening today online or in this audience, when you die, you're going to be a believer. But it might be too late because you're going to believe and you're going to be in hell because you didn't believe in Jesus Christ. He tells the story. This is personal. He was with the guy. He talked to him. Not long ago, he had cardiac arrest, and the doctors pronounced this man clinically dead. Later, he was resuscitated. But he told me that during his death, he experienced the following. He sank into the realm of darkness, a place of dark shadows, yet he still had a body. He found himself in great agony, pushing a huge stone into a pit. Dr. Kennedy says the Bible speaks of a pit. He was in great pain, and there was nothing he could do to diminish his pain. The guy says, if you got shot in the arm, he said, you could at least grab your arm and get some slight lessening of pain, but not with this. I couldn't stop the pain. Dr. Kennedy says, where was it? Was it localized pain? His answer was, no, it was everywhere. I'm quite certain that if I had cut my throat, I would have not lessened the pain at all. 
When I questioned how severe the pain was, he said it was worse than any pain I'd ever experienced in this world. Dr. Kennedy goes on to say, I thought perhaps he'd never known much pain, maybe. So I ask, have you ever really suffered any pain in your life down here on this earth? The man says, well, when I was nine years old, a freight train ran over my leg and left it hanging by a tendon. Somehow I picked it up, dragged myself to a crossing, was finally picked up by mom, mom, by a man in a car. I never passed out, but blood squirted all over the windshield. As he drove me to the hospital, I, I was never unconscious. I'd say he probably knew a little bit about pain. Kennedy says, how did that pain compare to the time when the doctor said you were dead, I ask. It was insignificant. The pain I had with my leg severed was nothing. I could even compare it to. Dr. Kennedy says, I, I told him I once burned my hand rather severely and experienced a pain like, you know, nothing else I'd ever known before. He asked the man, have you ever burned yourself, sir? The man says, yes, I knocked over a can of gasoline off a shelf over a candle onto my leg and set my other remaining leg on fire. This is not a lucky joker. As a result, I spent several weeks in the hospital. I spent several... He raised his pants leg and showed me all the burning scars. I said, I know of nothing in this world that compares to the pain of burning. How did the pain you experienced with when you died compare with that pain? He answered, it was a thousand times worse than when my leg was on fire. This will get your attention. Dr. Kennedy, solid guy, loves God's Word. He said, I tried every way I knew to explain this away, but everything dissolved before my attempts to do it. Okay? The guy talking. He's trying to explain it away, I guess. He says, I did not believe in hell before, and I didn't want to believe in it then. On the face of this earth, no matter what you did to me, I don't think you could experience the pain that I experienced in that hospital. I asked, Dr. Kennedy says, what do you think it was? What do you think happened to you, sir? Why? I feel that it, was, it definitely had to be something other than on this earth. So the only place I can think of, that, the only place I can think of is that there must be a hell. And I was in it. So, why are we shocked at that story? God word, God's Word says there's a hell, right? Yes or no? I say unto you, my friends, be not afraid of them that can kill the body, and after that have no more they can do to you. But I, Jesus speaking, but I forewarn you whom ye shall fear. Fear him, which after, he's ki after he hath killed, hath power to cast into hell. I say unto you, fear him. Amen? So, why does that story shock us? It shouldn't, should it? Amen? So near-death experience. Am I done, Raji? Am I totally done? You're shaking your head back there like I am. Let's praise the Lord for His Word today. There, you're done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done.